Welcome to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week on Building the Bakken, the most trusted energy brand in the Bakken today. As I mentioned a moment ago, Building the Bakken is part of the Crude Life Media Network. We're not a political program, rather an informational brand. No polarizing talk, just conversations about the facts of the energy industry. With programs like Building the Bakken, we're able to tell the stories about the people, the communities, and the companies within the industry, those that are involved with the evolution of the Bakken oil field and the oil and gas industry. On today's episode of Building the Bakken Radio, we talk with William Prentice with Meridian Energy Group. He's the CEO. They're spearheading the Davis Refinery, the first greenfield refinery in the United States in the last 50 years. And there's a new normal in the world of energy today when you have any sort of infrastructure project or facility project. It seems that uh, you're going to be fighting it in the courts, or at least the lawyers are going to become part of the process. Uh, William Prentice, CEO of Meridian Energy Group, talks a little bit about that with our weekly Davis Refinery Report. And then we talk with Terry Edom. He is an energy writer for the BOE Report. Uh, we talk about a number of natural gas-related items, everything from potential natural gas shortages due to the storage capability and what those storage capabilities look like and how the pipelines play into this. Terry Edom, BEO Report Energy Writer, coming up in just a little bit later in the program. And then Kevin Kramer, Senate-elect Congressman Kevin Kramer, Senate-elect and current U.S. Congressman Kevin Kramer. Uh, He talks to us about some of the things happening in Washington. Uh, Andrew Wheeler, the potentially new EPA director, interim EPA director, as well as the Keystone XL Pipeline. Just a couple topics that we talk with U.S. Congressman and Senate-elect Congressman Kevin Kramer. Senate-elect and U.S. Congressman Kevin Kramer. I feel like I need to get the order right on that because it flows off the tongue a little bit easier. Okay, we're flying by the seat of our pants apparently here this morning. That's what happens when you get near the end of the year. And we're going to be doing our year-end programs very soon here on the Building the Bakken program. All right, my name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. Uh, and then suddenly fuel is more expensive. You know, I, 
I don't want to date myself by telling you what, what I used to pay for uh, gasoline when I got my first car, but it was, uh, you know, below double digit cents per, uh, per gallon. Oh. And it's, what, 15 times that now in certain urban areas. And the same is true of crude oil in a refinery. You know, it wasn't that long ago, the crude oil was about $10 a barrel. And, and, you know, pollution was not a big issue when most refineries were built. So efficiency was not a big issue. But think about efficiency and pollution. Uh, you talk about walking or, you know, going by many, many uh, industrial facilities now, but some people think of smoke is just steam coming out of a cooling uh, tower or something like that. You very rarely see smoke because those are hydrocarbons. That's money going out the stack if you're really seeing it. Uh, same is true of the flare stack. Like people in North Dakota might see the flare at the, uh, the Mandan refinery once in a while. Uh, that's burning up hydrocarbons before they get out into the air. And with modern design, those hydrocarbons don't have to be burned. Uh, and pollution should become marketable product. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an engineering malfunction. Uh, if you were to build a new facility that would have all of those attributes of an old plant, meaning high pollution, but low efficiency. That's a good way to put it. The oil, you know, the oil and gas industry is in the hydrocarbon business, so they don't want them out the smokestack or the uh, flaring stack, if you will. So that's 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 a good way to put it. Um, just kind of final thoughts here. Uh, anything that we missed, anything that we want to reiterate, uh, any timelines that you might know of yet at this point that uh, uh, people can start, you know, getting in their head for when they're going to start seeing this project come a little bit closer to fruition or any, any of these, uh, I guess, um, other dates that people might want to put in the back of their mind or just any final thoughts? Well, you know, in terms of timeline, uh, there, there have been quite a few delays primarily because of the permits. So we're trying to catch up as much as we can, but uh, winter is, is always an issue up there, so we'll see what we can do. I, I think we're, we're still trying to get everything uh, that we can installed and, and mechanically complete during the uh, you know, 2019 and 2020 construction season. Uh, we'll probably be in startup towards the end of 2020 and in operation uh, fairly early in 2021. Uh, hiring will start, uh, uh, there'll be construction activity on the site and a lot of hiring associated with that starting this coming summer. Uh, during uh, 2020, we're gonna be laying in most of the permanent staff. So hiring for local people will be starting in less than two years. Well, that should give people in um, the area time to get prepared for the new employees coming because I remember that study where uh, out in Washington where for every employee that you bring in it was a time 12 people in the community that it has an impact on whether it be a coffee shop employee or family member moved to town I think that's what it was for every employee well, go ahead it's either a 12 to 1 or 14 to 1 in some of the studies we've seen and you know so yeah there'll be over 2,000 uh, permanent uh, jobs in the area as a result of the refinery, and uh, you know that's that's just going to be great for Belfield and 
and they can send them a door and, you know, like you say, even up to Wofford City and over the beach. Yeah. Uh, a lot of demand for people and, and for service companies, you know, companies that help out with maintenance and welding and everything else. Um, there's even been uh, indication that Belfield's going to be getting a, a grocery store once we get into construction. So, Jeez, uh, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, uh, they used to have one there, and it went away, but now there's a, a site and people talking about it. So, yeah, that, that kind of prosperity is... Uh, is something that we're just really gratified to see and, uh, um, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it. To listen to the full-length interview with William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group, or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thoughts on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. You're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report. Hi, this is Terry Edom, and I'm an energy writer for the BOE Report in Calgary, in Canada. Let's also give you a plug for your private company that you're affiliated with, if you want, um, just to kind of even layer it a little bit further that, you know, you kind of do this day-to-day. Not only do you write about it, but you also work in it. Um, What's the uh, private company you're involved with? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just a bunch of guys that um, have bought and sold small companies for a number of years, and uh, we're, we're owned in-house. It's called Outlier Resources, and we're a private company. We're mostly focused on natural gas development in Canada, so which is a tough way to make a living these days, but it's working out okay so far, so I've been around for about three years now. Well, I think the natural gas um, industry is going to be the tortoise one versus the hare, where that that one's going to pay off. I mean, if people are still hanging around when you can get, you know, natural gas for a quarter and that sort of thing, um, you know, it's it's only got room to go up, and that's going to make a lot of the um, natural gas investments pay off. I, who, who knows when, though? That's the problem. It just seems like who cannot hemorrhage the most and, and kind of go through some of these low prices. Um, anyway, sorry to kind of uh, editorialize there for a second, but um, – What's your what's your outlook on natural gas? I guess you know you write about it. You're involved with it. I think it's a, you know, it's right now it might be down a little bit, but I think it overall it's going to look pretty good. I think you're right. I think it's it, a lot of places on a macro level. It's kind of the um, fuel of the future because it it can meet the needs of the environmental side as well as just being a good 
uh, clean burning fuel and, and there is a relative abundance for sure so I think it does have a good future I think it's had a few hard years here mostly a victim of its own success because the uh, the Marcellus Utica region in particular has been so prolific and then the rise of associated gas through the Permian and Bakken and other other plays has, has created a bit of a uh, glut of it for the shorter term so but I think the future does look very good well, in in the Bakken, which you mentioned, uh, there's so much filarian that they actually relaxed the um, regulations in favor of industry. Um, and I, I'm looking at your column that you wrote here for the BOE report, which is uh, seven Marcellus natural gas myths, or you're playing with fire America, uh, which prompted me to get in touch with you to just talk a little bit about natural gas, what's going on out there. So... Um, I don't know if you have any comments on on the recent regulations in the Bakken as far as the relaxing of them for, to, like I said, that favors industry, or maybe even the Marcellus one. But talk to me a little bit about uh, you know your column and what um, kind of led you to write this. Well, so what led me to write it was it was intended as a bit of a wake up call because there's um, it seems to be the notion has permeated the entire. Uh, media sphere that, that we have a hundred year supply of gas that North America does and that it's going to be cheap forever. The phrase uh, just in time gas gets bandied around now. I've heard it in some publications. Uh, it's a reference to the, the fact that we may not even need as much natural gas storage as we have in the past uh, because of this huge supply of wealth that can bring on as much gas as we need it whenever we need it. And that's a bit of a, it seems a bit of a dangerous uh, thing to get too. Uh, hypnotized by because, as we can see now in the United States, we've entered the, the winter with uh, the lowest storage, natural gas storage in 15 years. And the, if it's a warm winter, everything will be fine. If it's a cold winter, if, if, for example, if we withdraw as much gas from storage as we did in the 2013-2014 year, we would completely drain natural gas storage supplies in the United States. And that would be, and that's what I mentioned in the column, is that I think people should be aware of what that would look like. If you imagine Chicago running out of gas in February, for example, um, it, I, I can't even picture what that would look like, but it's, it, it is a possibility. And it's not fear-mongering to say that because people have been, become so so hypnotized by the, um, the bountiful supplies to just keep coming, even though prices are low. But I think that might not go on forever. Well, let's talk about you know what moves it around. Of course, in crude oil, there's been a bottleneck, and uh, pipelines have made the news. Uh, they're building a lot of pipelines. Uh, in the Bakken, they're building some um, gas processing plants, which is going to help. But I go back to the natural gas pipelines. Is there, is there any uh, bottlenecking going on, or is there is there too much gas being produced? You know, obviously, in the Bakken, there is. That's why there's so much flaring, but... How about, you know, Marcellus, other places? What, what, what are you hearing about the pipelining when it comes to natural gas? Yeah, the, the pipelining is an interesting aspect because it's, it's, uh, it hasn't kept pace with the development, which is understandable. If you look at the Marcellus going from essentially zero to 30 BCF a day in a dozen years, which is just absolutely unprecedented. So that there, there, there wasn't pipeline infrastructure to deal with that. You couldn't imagine that 15 years ago. Same as the Bakken, the amount of gas coming out of the Bakken, and, and the Permian also, which has been kind of caught. So, so the development of these resources can can far outstrip the ability of pipelines 
to, to get built. So there has been bottlenecks, and for a long time, in the article I show a chart about how the, the Marcellus was bottlenecked for years. Uh, it looks like that's finally broken free. There's enough uh, takeaway capacity now, which has just happened, well, in this past year even. Um, so, so the Marcellus is looking in better shape as far as being able to get get to market. Bakken is 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 in the same situation, bottlenecked, and like you said, they're having to flare. And the Permian is a, it's a very big issue there. Um, it, there's talk that it might even constrain oil output if they can't deal with the gas properly, if they can't get you know, uh, flaring permission or if the lines to Mexico or out west aren't uh, built in time. So the, the development of these fields that's happening so quickly does create localized bottlenecks for sure. And it just takes time for, for them to get worked out. But a, a byproduct of those bottlenecks is some very strange pricing situations. Where you'll get and up here in Canada, we have a two with the associated gas with the uh, Montney and the Duvernay are big plays up here, and there's so much gas being produced, the gas has gone negative in price here in in Canada in the past year, and right now it's trading at like thirty cents per per thousand cubic feet, which is which is um, ridiculously low, but it's just a, another bottleneck. So. Mr. Terry Edom, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a second. We're having a conversation mostly about natural gas here with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report. We're going to continue the conversation in just a moment. We're going to take a brief pause here on Building the Bakken Radio. And my name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band.
Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber President of the United Way of Cass Clay says about Hatch coaching. Leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. To find out more about Hatch coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit hatchcoaching.com. That's hatchcoaching.com. Or call 701 212 1572. That's 701 212 1572. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale. Well, I was tears old when John Lennon died. Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we continue our conversation with Terry Edom, energy writer with the BOE Report. Like in the Bakken, for example, a lot of times um, you look at a chart at the production of a well, and it goes down pretty fast. Um, it's got big, yeah. big numbers in the beginning, and then it kind of goes down, and then... And then they just stop drilling it. And, and so then they either come back and they can refrack it as, as a method once the technology changes or they figure out a different solution, something like that. And then, of course, you've got, you know, your ducks, your, your drilled but un- uncompleted inventory, that sort of thing, to where, to me, those are like two, I guess, uh, creators of natural gas. But if, if you're flaring so much of it in the Bakken, for example, where there's such a sharp decline in, in production after it's initially done. Um, my question is, is, you know, is if there's projections of Chicago, you know, potentially could have some, uh, somebody like Chicago could potentially have, you know, shortages of natural gas. And the way that we've drilling is now changed the harvesting or the flow of natural gas. Do you understand what I'm getting at to where are we running out of uh, storage units for our natural gas between the ducks and the refracts? I think so, and I think some people have viewed ducks as the storage, which doesn't necessarily work either because uh, it's, it doesn't mean that it, the gas can get from where it's being produced to where it's needed, uh, and that's the biggest issue. Like the, the Bakken gas, like you say, it essentially has no value if it's being flared, right? So so it, that means it can't get anywhere to a, to a useful market where it would be worth something. So it, it becomes stranded, and then the the... The rate of change, I think, makes it difficult for everyone. Like you say, the 
at what rate will ducks get drawn down? What will that mean for gas production? Will that stabilize? Do these reservoirs get gassier over time? And, and these things can happen fairly quickly over a number of two, three, or four years. And as anyone who's tried to build a pipeline would know, it takes a long time to get a pipeline built if you can build one at all. So, so by the time you can put something in place to react to the production situation in a given area, the, the, the dynamics might have changed again. And we're seeing that with LNG export as well, which is, which is upsetting the apple cart in some ways too. It's a good thing. It allows producers to access world prices, but it, it, it re- rearranges the flow of gas again. So it, it's a very, very dynamic market. Is there a price point that natural gas people are looking for? Um, obviously, the consumer loves having the low natural gas prices. I mean, yes. they absolutely love this. But at the same time, you know, if all of a sudden it was like two bucks higher, you'd probably see a lot more reduction of flaring because that would increase more capital for companies to invest in the natural gas market. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Is there is there a price point that natural gas industry is looking for? I, I think you're you're absolutely right, and if we could see that, then um, but it would have to be a sustained price, and that's the problem right now. Yeah. Is that there's no sustained price? The, the forward curves price, the future prices for natural gas, they crater after this winter. They've gone up because of this uh, potential shortage. So we have high gas prices now for the next three months, and then they go right back down to where they always have been. And actually, like price in Chicago for natural gas is the lowest it's for, for the summer of 2020. It's probably the lowest it's been in a few years. So, so the market's belief is that it will get uh, flooded again, and uh, that that means that it's hard for someone to build a pipeline solely for natural gas. For example, if you wanted to build a line out of the block and to access one of these markets, what price would you? expect to get for it you couldn't build it for today's price because it's going to take you two years to build it so you look at the, the forward prices and they look terrible and so you think well why would i even bother and i think that's a, a big problem right now so you're right two two dollars more the sustained price of two dollars more would be great and then that would see things like that happen the, the bakken might be able to do something uh, productive with that gas but until we see that happen, the danger, if, we, if prices on the forward curves rose by $2 now, then that might accelerate drilling in the Marcellus again, which would flood the market again, which is why the forward curves are the way they are. There's an expectation that if there's any sustained prolonged price increase, then the, the flood of gas will come back. So, Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, it, there's a social engineering that's been done. Um, and I don't want to make it sound like a bait and switch or anything, but... You know, for the past five, call it five, ten years, we've had very good low natural gas prices. I mean, extreme, like almost record. Absolutely. And at the same time, yep. they've offered tax credits and they've really gone the way to make sure people get natural gas furnaces put in, at least up in the, the, the northern part of the United States. So there was a big push. I mean, you know, we spend government money to, you know, have marketing campaigns to get people to invest in um, natural gas furnaces uh, from, you know, the old coal ones and the old uh, uh, yes. fuel oil and, and that sort of thing. It just seems like, you know, a- after 10 years of getting everybody to make these changes, um, that, you know, adding a buck to the natural gas prices would really just add an economic surge to the natural gas industry. Because I remember Lee Tillman telling me, the uh, president of Marathon Oil, that, it's really expensive 
to ship, you know, a molecule, a hydrocarbon molecule from the Bakken to South America. So it, it takes it takes some, you know, some capital and some investment to really make the natural gas market viable. And that's the problem. It's just been cheap and, and not a lot of people can invest when they don't get a big return back. So um, anyway, sorry, I just wanted to ask about the price in a little bit because it's, it's, it's kind of a double edged sword because it's, you know, it's what's good for the consumer is not necessarily good for the industry. Absolutely. And it, it, it does create potential for problems because, as you say, you get um, a, a lot of communities or, or counties or whatever that's, that convert to natural gas. And then that's a long-term proposition, right? It's not something you do, you turn on and off over six months. When you, when you connect, you connect. There's a lot of infrastructure that goes into that. So it requires a big capital commitment. And then it requires the expectation that this is going to be around for decades to come for the investment to pay for itself. And so so we just don't have the price uh, incentive to get all of that infrastructure uh, growing again to, to make sure that that's aligned properly. Now, there, there are gas re- resources, and in some parts of the country, like you say, the Bakken and in the Permian and other places where it's solution gas, where the oil is the valuable part and the gas is the byproduct, um, then the, the challenge is to tap that efficiently to make that make best use of that for the country actually because it is a it's a it's a non-renewable resource and it, it is valuable cheap energy is really taken for granted and the more you can utilize it the better for everyone so i did want to ask you about that in fact um that was gonna be my next question was in in your column that you write for the beo report um you say solution gas will save the day, and I've, you know, I'm, I, I got to be honest. I, I feel kind of, kind of silly. I've, I've never seen that term solution gas before. So, what is solution gas, and talk about how it's going to save the day? Oh well, solution gas, or it might be called associated gas, um, but most wells, when they're drilled, um, produce both uh, natural gas and oil. Like even if you drill an oil well. Um, it is a bit of a common misconception that an oil well is an oil well and a gas well is a gas well, but quite often they produce both. Um, the Permian is the biggest example, but also the Bakken as well. The Bakken is primarily an oil play. Uh, as people know, there's a lot of oil that comes out of a great oil well, but it also produces a lot of natural gas as a byproduct. So the, the, the sheer volume that's coming out, I think the Bakken produces several BCF a day of gas. The Permian produces something like 10 BCF a day of gas, which is huge, and it wasn't there five or 10 years ago. So, and it's, it, it, is a, it is almost a waste product when you're trying to get the oil out because the oil has the economic value. So you're, you're forced to deal with the gas, and you're, you're sometimes you're forced to dump it into markets that don't really want it. Um, and, but you keep producing it because the oil is worth a lot of money. And that we, that's exactly what's happening up here in Canada, too. The uh, uh, companies are drilling to get oil and the natural gas liquid primarily, and then they just dump the gas on the market for whatever they can get for it. To listen to the full-length interview with Terry Edom, energy writer for the BOE Report, or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of our social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. We're asking people to like, subscribe, follow, do all of that social media stuff. Become of our, our 350,000 social media followers. Go to the social media page at thecrudelife.com, and you can check out our entire network. And like I said, be one of our energy enthusiasts. 
350,000 followers and we're growing stronger every single day. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. You know that I've lived, yeah, you know that I've tried. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life The Crude Life t-shirts, now for shale. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Senate-elect and U.S. Congressman Kevin Kramer. Is the uh, Keystone XL pipeline, I guess I thought that was a done deal, and then all of a sudden I saw, you know, that the courts denied it or something like that. Do you know what's going on up there with the Keystone? Sure. So it's a very, you know, it's a pretty problematic setback, although the Keystone XL pipeline has had so many starts and starts and stops and stops and starts and stops and pits and stops. It's, you know, it's almost become um, to be expected, and uh, it's, uh, but it is unfortunate. So this most recent stoppage by the judge, this federal judge in Montana, I believe it was, in the Ninth Circuit, of course, it has to do with the, that the president didn't adequately consider climate change or something in, in the, oh, the no. uh, permit of the Keystone XL pipeline. The irony of that, of course, is that if you're going to consider climate change, if you're supposed to consider climate change, I don't believe that you have to consider climate change. Um, the the, uh, the Supreme Court in the endangerment finding said that, that you could, that the EPA can considered uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but didn't require them to in certain things. But but with regard to the presidential permit, he only has to determine whether it's in the country's best interest or it's in the interest of the nation. And um, the reality is is that if you're worried about emissions, the Keystone XL pipeline has the least emissions of any way to transport uh, crude oil, particularly from the uh, oil sands of Alberta, because the other two ways, train, railing, and of course, rail is like twice as much, if not more, emission uses emissions.
emissions, uh, twice as many emissions as does a, uh, as a does a pipeline. And of course, as we know, trucks are like two and a half or three times more in terms of the emissions versus a pipeline. So if you're concerned about greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, you ought to be supportive of the Keystone Pipeline. But clearly, this judge wasn't thinking about what about science or probably even the Constitution or the law, but rather he's an activist judge from the Ninth Circuit, mm. which is where there are lots of them. So, okay, that's, that's unusual. You don't have a judge think of the big picture. I mean, I, 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 I always think of um, the science behind how it's actually less environmental to use paper than plastic bags right. because of the transportation <laughs> and the cutting of the trees and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. uh, okay, yeah. well, that's, it's, it sounds like there's just more uh, kangaroo court stuff going on, huh? Well, that's the way it looks to me, Jason. Of course, the, the, the company will have to decide whether it wants to appeal to the Ninth Circuit or whether they'll have a hearing or whether, you know, the, the, it's actually the, the uh, federal government itself that's being stopped. So the president could decide to appeal it or they can do a deeper dive into the uh, environmental impact statement and the EAS or whatever all is involved. Yeah. And uh, in that process, consider, or in the... Uh, in that uh, environmental process, you know, can more put more consideration in for climate change. But if they do that, what's going to happen is it's going to cost a lot more money. It's going to take a lot longer. But they will prove that, in fact, it is in the best interest of the climate to uh, build the Keystone Airsail Pipeline rather than move this oil. Just just imagine this, Jason. That that oil is going to find its way to a market. That's how markets work. Products that are in demand wherever they are in the world will find their way to the market. So rather than moving in a safe, secure, environmentally friendly pipeline to the United States to the, the Gulf Coast, the Gulf Coast where it'll be refined, it'll find its way to a, a, a train via a truck, which will probably the train will take it across the country of Canada one way or the other, and to a port somewhere, and it'll get on a big barge or ship, and it'll and then they'll ship it down, you know, around the southern coast, maybe through. Panama Canal into the uh, to the Gulf Coast so for refining. Now I don't know how in the world that is better for the environment or for climate than moving it to a safe, clean uh, pipeline. But um, they they'll no doubt if they if they take the process the judge is saying and put more consideration for climate change, they'll come to the conclusion that it's better for the climate. And by the way, it's just going to cost a lot more money and uh, take a lot longer. How about the new EPA director? Uh, I, I name the gentleman escapes me. Replace Scott Pruitt. Uh, do, do you know him at, at all? Have you met him? I, I do. It's Andrew Wheeler. He's very good. Um, Andrew uh, has a, a great background in energy and is a, a smart person. Um, he's. I would. I would submit to you that he's every bit as uh, right as um, Scott Pruitt is. Uh, he's got similar philosophy, I, I believe. I think he's, he's a solid um, thinker. Uh, he, he's probably got a little bit, uh, he's probably a little more diligent than Scott Pruitt was uh, in the job. Uh, Andrew's, uh, he's always going to do the right thing as he sees it, and I think he generally sees the right thing. Uh, he's, he's got good temperament for the job. He's got good relationships on Capitol Hill. Uh, I, I think he's been a, a very good, he's a good deputy. He's, he's been a good uh administrator, um, and I'm glad that he's been that he's received the nod from the president. And if I'm in a position at some point uh, to confirm him, I'll look forward to the opportunity to inquire further and to uh, interview him and, and hopefully make a decision to his, to, to get him appointed full time.
To listen to the full-length interview with Senate-elect U.S. Congressman Kevin Kramer or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. Check out our network. Be part of our 350,000 followers, our energy enthusiasts, right there at thecrudelife.com, social media. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Your mind blown, your mind blown, and that's all you need to know. That concludes another awesome episode of Building the Bakken Radio, and I would like to personally thank each and every one of you who listened and tuned in our program this week. There are so many options out there for content and entertainment today, and we are so grateful that you have chosen Building the Bakken Radio and the Crude Life Media Network for your option today. Again, thank you once again for listening to our program, our non-political, non-polarizing program known as Building the Bakken Radio. Now, was there an interview that you wanted to check out? Well, you can access past shows, features, and full-length interviews at thecrudelife.com. We would also like to invite you to be a part of our social media network. Join our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts. We have quite a presence in many of the shale plays, like the Permian, Eagleford, Marcellus, Niobrera, and many, many more. It's all part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out. If you go to crudelife.com, click on our social media tabs, we've got a list of our social media sites, over 350,000 followers. We're strong. We're growing every day when we invite you to be a part of our social media network here at the Crude Life Media Network. Now, when you're at the Crude Life Dot com, be sure to click on our sponsors page. These sponsors make this program happen. Now, we've got some outstanding sponsors here at the Crude Life Media Network, and we ask you to please support them when you can. You know what? Heck, just reach out and say hello sometime. That's nothing like a nice hello. Click on the sponsors page. Check them out, crudelife.com. Thank you once again for listening to Building the Bakken Radio this week. We will be back next week right here on this radio station at this time once again. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Thank you once again for joining us this week, and remember, keep calm and frack on. You've been wishing you never been All I can say is that- Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. 
the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota, Meridian Energy Group, Inc. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale.